is gameplay is very, very well organized. What they do. Get me a ladder. That is Boris Johnson, uh, then London mayor, uh, in uh, August of 2012, um, getting stuck on a zip line while doing like a promotional event for the London Summer Olympics, uh, and then shouting, get me a rope, get me a ladder. He, ha- he hung there for five minutes before being towed to the other side. <laughs> and uh, his spokesperson said that the mayor remained unbowed after the mishap and that the judges will rightly be marking him down for artistic impression. Nice. Well handled by his... Uh, well handled. Speakers, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, that, hi, how's it going? My name's uh, Tim Simons. Uh, this is the second... This is uh, second in command of Beep Rewatch. Sorry, I haven't been in studio for a minute. So Yeah, we haven't had you. In, uh, this is Mike McClintock, a.k.a. Matt Walsh, also with second in command. Second in command of Beep Rewatch. I play Jonah Ryan. I'm Tim Simons. Like, look, you know, we're getting to the hang of it again. It's a it's new 2022. year. It's 2022. It's 2022. We've just been, been caved. We've all been hiding out in our caves for the last couple of weeks. Um, Chilling. I, Walsh does not, still doesn't like the tagline in 2022. Or I don't know, I haven't checked in. Uh, from the lowest at, rung of the we highest. Look at the show from the point of view of the lowest rung of the highest ladder of two people standing on the If you're in an ladder. advertising agency, they would be like, that's too long. And you're almost like too many qualifiers. So it's, say it again. The, looking at the show from the perspective. Look at the show from the perspective. Of the lowest of the, rung. Of the lowest rung on the highest ladder. On the highest ladder. Yeah. Okay. So we're even like, we're not, it's not even us. We're, we're making ourselves rungs. I think we are the rung. In that wording, yes, we are the rung. But I think what, what happens is that advertisers don't give the people enough credit. People are okay, savvy. so we do have a smart audience. We Maybe they love audience. it. I'd love yeah. some feedback on that. Uh, is that a tagline for the show? What do you call that? I think that would be called the tagline. I I, th- I think to say this, like if, if people want to write in like different wording, like different phrasing to see if they can help, maybe we can get oh some my God. options from the... They'll get some. They'll get a. We don't have any more tuxedos, but you'll get something if we like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like um, Alien. Remember the movie Alien? Yeah. Their commercial or their poster basically said... Uh, no one hears you scream in space. <laughs> that's perfect. Or I mean, like, but that seems, but it seems like that's in space, perfect. That's no what one we hear can, no, oh, yeah. in space, in space no, no one, one can hear, hear you scream. So I was saying we, base, I was paraphrasing. In space, no one can hear you scream. It's perfect. It's perfect. Here's the so thing. So our I, thing has, hold on, it has you yeah. and I in powdered wigs. Mm-hmm. So that's the visual. Yeah. So we're copying a colonial founding father's vibe with the visual. Uh-huh. And obviously it's Veep. So they know the show. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think maybe what we're asking the audience to do is to take our tagline, which is currently in space, no one can hear you scream, and make it into... <laughs> no. Wait. No, that's not what we have now. No one can hear you scream in space. And we want them to turn it into in space, no one can hear you scream. We're almost there. We just okay. need, to re- we need some help rearranging it. I'm, I'm saying we might not even be almost there. I'm saying I'm open to a complete page one rewrite. Okay. Which would put a lot of work on Arvin's shoulders, but it might be worth it. I'm fine passing this off to Arvin and then the audience. By the way, you were missed on the Julia interview. Um, that was 20- live. She was sitting right there. I... We bonded. We became so much better friends because you blew her off. She's, yeah. she's going to hold a grudge from that. Do you think that but maybe whatever. because it's 2022 and the new year that sort of like old acquaintance be forgot and like, you know, like the, like, you know, she's look busy. Ahead. I'm sure like she solidified her opinion of you after this mm-hmm. and then hasn't revisited it. 
Like, I don't think you were part of her, like, meditations for a new year. You don't think she's so? Very bu- well, she's very busy. She has a lot of things going on. I mean, when I got, like, the Christmas letter, I noticed that I wasn't in it. But I also, like, that was probably, I just probably wasn't going to be in it anyway. Because yeah. that was probably printed before we recorded. Yeah. Printed and sent before yeah. we recorded. Which is good episode, for you. Which is good for me. Yeah, you don't want that in print. It probably stuck with her, though. But it was a really good interview. And you did, whatever. You you did try. It's not, I, it's, It was out of your control. You. I know you were working. It's okay. Do you think maybe a New Year's resolution for you would be to not so casually disregard your podcast guest hosts and their feelings? Do you think maybe that's something you can look forward to? I can. I can be a little blunt. I, okay. I, I have to work on uh, entertaining other people's uh, emotions. Not that I'm cruel, but I just don't like uh, navigate into that. I don't, I don't, uh, focus on that a lot. No, I get that. I get that. Uh, Julia expressed interest in coming back to do just a regular episode. And I'm really, I'm really looking forward to that. We just got to make it when you know you're going to be home. Yes. And I think in studio or at least online that you can get just there at all. It seems like you're kind of bringing that up again, that I really didn't get to be there very much. It seems (laughs) like that was just another way of you to throw that in there. Well, wouldn't it be awkward if we eagerly got her in because she did have a good time. Mm -hmm. Uh, 70% of it because of me, 30% of it because of you. Maybe 35% of you, 65% of me, whatever the the fans can decide. She'll decide on that number when she sends out But wouldn't it be awkward if we got her in here and eagerly set it up and then you got pulled away to set again? I mean, that would be, yeah, no. So I definitely, the next time we have to like guarantee to all be in here. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Uh, today we are going to be rewatching uh, season two, episode four, the Vic Allen dinner it was written by Simon Blackwell and Armando Iannucci. Two great writers. Two great writers. Uh, Armando's still the showrunner. Uh, Chris Addison, director. Chris Addison, director, filmed on January 3rd to January 25th, 2013. This, I mean, that's straight January up. 23rd to 25th, yeah. Yeah, 23rd. we definitely shot this in two days. I think this is generally like the, I mean, this is like pulled off Wikipedia and that's fine. I mean, it was kind of in that period of This time. is probably the first show back after break, right? Yeah. More than likely. More than likely. Because you were talking about. Yeah, because the, the hostages thing was like right before we all like left. flew back for, for Christmas. Yeah. Um, is there anything that we need to... Where do we want to start? With this episode? Well, we always read show summaries. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Why don't you read that show summary? Because I feel like I'm there really was good some... I'm really good at that. I feel like there was some larger... Yeah. Outside of the show stuff that I... That related to what was going on. But I feel like they were in my notes. So... You Issues read... like in the, with the... With the politics of our country or sort of like just in general themes that we were tracking for the themes, characters on the show? Uh, characters in the show related okay. to... It, they'll come to me as you're, as we're going. Through. Yeah. Okay. Selena and team premiere... Oh, sorry. Oh, Take, God. Cut that. Selena and the team Leave prepare for the annual Vic Allen dinner, which is a real thing, as the news takes uh, on the hostage story. Questions yet? No. The White House releases a photo other than the good one Selena had selected. Sue and Gary are unhappy, so to placate Gary, Selena has lunch with him and his girlfriend, played by Jessica St. Clair. Wonderful, wonderful actress. So uh, here's one thing. I did uh, very prepared. And so right before we started recording, I texted Julie to be like, hey, was this, uh, is the Vic Allen dinner based off of a real dinner? And she was like, yes. And she couldn't remember the name of the actual dinner. Mm -hmm. But it isn't the Vic Allen dinner. But um, anyway, a better, I feel like a better podcast host would have the actual real life example. 
Yeah, I think it's Ben something, but it's in New York usually. It's in New York. Okay. I think so. Black tie. Uh, actually, what do I? Funny know? songs. Yeah. Hey Arvin, while we're talking, can you Google Ben Black Tie Dinner DC or funny comedy songs. annual comedy, comedy annual comedy Black Tie political political fundraiser Ben both sides because I think both yeah, oh, yeah, sides by, show yeah, up. It's, by par- it's bipartisan. bipartisan. Something to do with so while while Arvin's doing that work that we should have done uh, at some point in the break. There's a lot of work we didn't do. Let's start okay. into the show. The very first thing that happens is you and Dan are walking down the street. Uh, In real cold, not cold acting. This this is Baltimore was, cold. This is Baltimore cold. I believe it was 17 degrees that mm-hmm. day. Um, this was, I think, the day that you burned your jacket. Unless you burned your jacket twice, because I was there the day that you burned your jacket. The day we burned the jacket, we being the irresponsible you. people who let me get close enough to an open <laughs> flame heater, or the people who put an open flame heater around cast. I mean, I'm zone A. Back then, zone A didn't exist, but, but no, I'm but zone I, A. But guys. yeah, it's good. I'm it's a honestly, dumb animal, except for my one talent, which is to embody words that are on a printed page. But I mean, like, even though zone A didn't exist back then, like, there was a Fundamentally, line. everybody knew you were Zone A. I make so, five hours of premium. You make cable, five hours cable. of premium cable every year. So yeah. yeah, you're Zone A. So somebody put a hazardous thing by. I uh-huh. didn't sue. I didn't get hurt. I'm not that guy. I'm not uh-huh. litigious. But uh, the reason I think it wasn't there is because I feel like it was an outdoor setting that we were huddled around, meaning there were makeshift tents. They and were, there was like said, woods around. And that scene oh, is shot in a right very in urban city. environment. Yes, I don't know right where exactly. Probably by City Hall where they just hung a tarp up. Um, again, we the nature of memory is, I mean, like fluid. Maybe we're, we're not, both right. We're not reliable narrators. We're not reliable narrators. So, so in this scene, it was 17 degrees. Um, uh, before we get into the particulars of it, just want to say that in bringing you five hours of premium cable, then the 17 degree day, we, uh, we, it got so cold that you can actually, I know it's happening with me, but you can kind of see our mouths mm-hmm. not working. Yeah. You can, this is an actual thing that happens that your, your mouths will, your mouth will not work. And there was, because I was staged in the shade. You guys were in the, the direct sunshine. sunlight. You, and I was staged in the shade and there was a take where right in the middle of it, I stopped the words stopped, like I, I stopped saying actual words and started just saying syllables and I went fully gray <laughs> because, and like, because all of the blood had like rushed to the center yeah. of my body and away from my brain. So I couldn't make words yeah. and had to take a little bit of a break and like sit in the sun. But it was like a, it was like a bad moment. And I feel like there is like a, a post gray take in there somewhere. Like a, there's like a cut back to me. We uh, look ghostly. Where it's like a little bit more ghostly. It's like they picked up one little moment from that. Uh, but anyway, that's how it was so cold that that night I went home, was still wearing, uh, went home, like took a hot shower, got into clothes, put on my winter coat and a winter hat and like got under a blanket and I was still cold. Like I was cold <laughs> to the bone in a way that I had never been cold before. Yeah, once it gets into the bone, it's it's done. Coldest I've ever been. I was doing a piece for the Daily Show, and we were in Yorkshire, England. And it was like, I don't know what it was, probably thirty three degrees, just above freezing, but it was wet and boggy, uh-huh. and the the heat just conducted through this marsh, through your boots, and into your bones. And once it's in your bones, 
we had a lunch inside a pub uh-huh. and there was a fireplace and I understood pub culture immediately. Like this yeah. is why there's so many alcoholics in Ireland and England. It's because you go in there and you never want to leave and yeah. all they serve is liquor and mashy peas. It's like the same thing, uh, like a Chicago winter, yeah. like coat pile in the back of the bar. It's just like, we got here. What am I going to do? Have one drink yeah. and then leave? Like, no, I'm just going to stay here all night because I can't face going back out. Yeah. And then with a little toasty buzz going out in the snow when it's falling, it's very, very romantic. It's, it's, so it's in fun. that scene, uh, what's established is that uh, Dan is upset that you guys have to write that song. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the, the joke comedy song for the Vic Allen dinner, which is based on Arvin. I couldn't find it, guys. Oh, well, yeah. Type in uh, New York co- bipartisan comedy event. Yeah, try that. Slash fundraiser. I mean, I don't know if we have to do all your jobs for you, but apparently we have to do Googling for you. Just put your phone by me and I'll voice (laughs) type (laughs) that. (laughs) So Jonah is also bragging because he is walking from West Exec Parking. He has found a way to get the sort of coveted parking spot that you guys don't have. Yeah. Um, uh, And he is really, he's really uh, rubbing it in, shaking his keys, being a real D-hole about it. So a couple things that are sort of big picture like Mm -hmm. so dan is obviously outside of the access to power that he he enjoys or that he thrives on so he's sort of low status and in his uh arc uh story arc recently in the last couple episodes so that's going on jonah flaunting his exact parking creates this sort of west wing versus you know eisenhower wing even though we've moved into the west Wing a lot right, right, right. All our offices, we're not trailing her in the Eisenhower anymore. There's still that split that you like to flaunt. And perfect example of that is your West exec parking. But the other thing that being this being an early episode in the show, it's very much about uh the office, the people, yeah, this their is, morale, yes. yeah. their stories. It's not necessarily, you know, getting the vote. Or what she is definitely reacting to gaffes, but what it's interesting is like she's pleasing Gary. Uh, Mike Hat is now exposed to Kent, and he's acting like a baby because he's yeah. terrible with numbers. So it's it's just kind of like, sort of in a wonderful way, I think, filling the well and getting to know these characters a little better, right. like building behind the politics, yeah, which is really neat. That is a good point. This is like one of those times where it's the closest to just like a straight up office comedy. Mm-hmm. That it could be like there, like there are no external, like you know, con- nationwide stakes involved. And what you see in here too is Amy gets to influence Selena. Like she's in a place where Amy can go, "Ma'am, I think uh, Sue's leaving, and mm-hmm. I think you've been a little hard on Gary." She's the one who tells her to get a lunch with Gary and to go make good with Sue. Mm-hmm. So she's sort of she's in a good place too because she's managing the manager. Like she's saying, "You need to take care of the staff." which is just interesting. And we also get a view into, yeah, this entire episode seems to be based around just like the internal lives because we also get a moment with Sue talking about Amy. Yes. With Sue talking about Amy about like, you know, like you should stop eating You're fat. Well, there used to be a lot of fat jokes about Amy. I don't know if they all made it in, but there were times whenever somebody wanted to be mean to Amy, it was a fat. Which is is really funny because she's not. No. No. She's not. So from there, I think we go to the limo. Yeah, we go to the limo. And we're sort of setting, she's heading to some like teen 
prayer breakfast. Yes. And she says to Gary, like, why? who's religious at that age? Go smoke some weed, which I love. And Gary's like, I was. Yeah. Time. This is also, see, this is seen as mostly, like, they're, they're, they're like, peppering in the thing about the photo release and, like, uh, you know, she's like, oh, I look good in this one, uh, but the president looks jolly. So they're, yeah. like, establishing that the president looks jolly. But mostly this scene is kind of about Selena just being kind of outright mean to Gary. Like, she's yeah. really dismissive. The she's, bag, the bag, the bag. bag the, the bag thing. He says the thing about uh, about the re- being religious. She doesn't even she doesn't even hear it. Like she doesn't respond to it at all as if he isn't even there and criticizes him for the bag, which Amy clocks. Uh, from there, we go into the hallways uh, hallways for a walk and talk about the drip with Kent bringing up the dream metric for the first time. Which is like, he calls it uh, as big as the invention of the microscope at yeah. some point. <laughs> Which is just one of those lines, like Gary Cole was one of those characters that just had such funny lines the first time you saw them. Like, I feel like the writers just once they found his voice or they found it immediately, obviously, but there was great joy in listening to Gary's things like that. Like not since the invention of the microscope, him saying things like that. Just- I, I feel like the, when we came back for the beginning of the third season, they had cracked like, oh, okay. the Kent jokes okay. in this way. Cause I just remember when we get into the third season, it was just like, headshot after headshot on every table read. He would have like one line every two pages and it was just like a clean kill. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like it's, you kind of start seeing it happen in this episode. Yeah. Because like in the first few, he really just is kind of like a villain. Like he's just kind of like straightforward villainous and right. he doesn't really have the joke. But like in this... He's an antagonist to Selena, who's a buffer between her access to the president. Yes. And he loves to say this is coming from the president, even yes. though it probably isn't. So that he's serving a lot of that. Yeah. But he, like, you know, we start seeing like the kind of not jokier side, but like a, a but Kent having a funny line when he says to you, like, you know, like, I have no children and I wish for none. <laughs> but the <laughs> consider my boat. But I consider yeah. my boat, my family, and the yeah. sea my home. Like that kind of thing. Like that, you might not have seen that. Yeah. Because maybe it would have made the character a little less threatening in those first. Like we've kind of established him as a threat and now yeah. he can lose. It, it undermines up a bit. his uh, menace, doesn't it? If he's too yes. funny. Uh, you're right. So this scene is all about you. You just mentioned something about a boom. Well, Mike got the boat early in the season, yeah. and this is kind of where it pays off, unfortunately for Mike, because he doesn't want to be part of the dream metric. So Kent and him get to talk about it, which Mike likes to talk about because it's bonding. And it's a good illustration of how like politics can work. Like If you play golf with somebody, it might help your career more than being the right person for the job. Yes, 100%. So if Mike is into sailing and Kent likes sailing and Dan, meanwhile, is dying to get in anyway because the dream metric is exactly what he'd be good at. Oh, that's right. At the beginning, he's he's like trying to do that thing with Kent where he's like, you know, I've got some great ideas yeah. running around, but like he just like he's annoyed by you. And you just mentioned the boom coming around, like consequences will hit you like a boom yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and that's what really gets him. Like, oh, now we're... Dipping you your man are, balls in the salty yeah, sea. <laughs> yeah, you catamaran, catamaran or whatever. Dipping your That's big some man real balls man sailing or whatever. Hey, Walsh. Hmm. You ever been to Canada? Yeah. You ever you tried ask? to watch The Sopranos? Uh, on you can't. In Canada. You can't. No, not from, uh, not from HBO Max. You can't. But oh, right. if you have ExpressVPN... And you use the location services, you can watch The Sopranos on HBO Max. 
from Canada. I remember I was trying to catch up on uh, something on HBO and I was bummed because I was in Montreal. Exactly. Yeah. But you know what? Succession. If you had had ExpressVPN, you would have been able to watch Succession from Canada because ISPs log your internet activity and sell that data to other big tech companies or advertisers. So to prevent them from seeing your internet activity, you need to protect your devices with ExpressVPN. Something else about ExpressVPN, it doesn't slow your connection, Tim. That's why it's rated the number one VPN by Business Insider and The Verge. This is what a, a big business could could see. A list of people you've messaged, sites you visited, and videos you've watched. They would get tracked by tech giants who can then sell that information for profit. So visit expressvpn.com slash V. That's E-X-P-R. ESSVPN.com slash VEEP and you'll get three extra months free. That's expressvpn.com slash VEEP to learn more. Oh, so from there we go into the VEEP's Western office. Jonah's just kind of bumming around. Uh, Dan tries to call him out on it. He just kind of shakes the keys with like the, what would you say? Uh, he's still rubbing that in. Um, Sue comes in a little bit late. Um, uh, and Dan, uh, this is one of this is a moment that I remember from rehearsal. Then, I, because I remember the joy of you both in rehearsal doing this scene. This has always been one of my favorite scenes of you when you sit up and you're like, "Oh, I love this stuff." Oh, he's that's Sherlock, do the Sherlock Holmes thing. The Sherlock, yeah, the I do <laughs> like getting to play like Mike's joy. That's really fun. I yeah. just, I mean, like there are. Like, I don't know. I mean, like, like, again, maybe the audience who's doing all this work for us anyway can tell us, like, if they have the same joy for that scene that I do or if it is just me remembering all, like, the amazing times in rehearsal of you just doing that one line over and over. <laughs> you were so stoked for him to do the Sherlock stuff. Oh, my God, I love this stuff. Oh, God, yeah. I love it. So it turns out that Sue has been looking for another job. Uh, Dan tries to say that it's because he pieced out together the coffee shop on the corner and it turned, he just like, you know, somebody called to confirm that, uh, that the appointment was actually happening. Um, the white houses, uh, the white house releases an unapproved photo, right? Not the one Selena signed off on. So she wants to go. What does she say when she wants to go see Kent? I'm, this is, she's like, this is Kent's doing. I'm going to go stab him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, when we watched this, that made me laugh so loud. I mean, like for all like the flowery insults and for all oh, yeah. like the plays on words, sometimes the best thing is just Julia just described, just saying, I'm gonna go stab him. Yeah. Yeah. Or get off the plane, which we're gonna get, see yeah, later. Which we're That's gonna really see in funny a little bit. She says it very quietly. Uh uh, oh, at this there's a great moment when she runs. So she goes immediately to see Kent to be like, like you fucked me with this picture. Like mm -hmm. I look like I'm checking my phone while a guy loses his leg. Oh, we missed it earlier. The runner where you have your leg up on the chair. She and can't she tells witness him, anyone like with their leg folded underneath because she's still having flashbacks from yeah. the, the poor guy who lost his leg during the rescue mission. In that first scene, they're talking about going to this breakfast and there might be some veterans there. And she's like, will there be anybody? And Amy's like, no, ma'am. Like, they'll have their legs. Which yeah. I feel like is a thing that probably was done with a little bit more subtlety until they got into the edit. And it was like, 
oh God, we just need to move this along. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that, maybe that's not our most subtle moment. Yeah, yeah. But I like the, the, the mic, the mic moment of her just kind of waving you, just wave, show me both of them yeah. is a great subtle joke. Yeah. And I really like it. Yeah. Um, oh, so she goes in to talk to Kent about this photo. Uh, and he, yes, he correctly assumes that it's about the photo. And she says, no, I just, I just wanted to know if the sweater goes with this dress. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she still, she still has that, uh, frustration, frustrating relationship with Kent. And, uh, is this where she's to also told that they have to tone down the song because budget talks yes. are, uh, not going great Yes, and they want to soften. So that means Marwood, who we're going to meet later, must be on the other side of the aisle, right? Yes. Marwood yeah. is speaker of the house. Oh, so he has become speaker of the house because the the party the president the president's party has lost the house so this yeah, is that's a right. new the speaker yeah. after the election uh talks aren't going well so they have to like she was going to do a song about marwood has to scrap it this is also uh uh she says he uh she says why can't you just have photoshopped a different picture of me on the, on oh, the right. thing and he says i can't airbrush history i'm not joseph stalin and she says no you don't have a tenth of his charm uh, which is, I wonder if, I actually do wonder, maybe this is going to be a question for Arm when he comes on, uh, how far down the, the, death, the death of Stalin Road were they yeah. when that joke happened? Uh, if the audience doesn't know, they ended up doing a Veep Writers and Arm, direct, Arm directed and wrote, but I think had assistance. I know from Simon a, helped. Simon right, helped it right on it. Yeah, uh, they did the death of the, an adaptation of the graphic novel, the death of Stalin, and it's incredibly funny. Oh my god, it's amazing! It. If, if you, you haven't like seen show, it, it's incredibly good. Um, so good. I bet they were already like researching it or whatever. Or I, and that also is the kind they had. Of, Arm had many interests because he was a big Dickens guy, you know. Yeah. So who knows He's how also, long it had been percolating in his head? He wrote a book about classical music about just like how to enjoy classical music as a layman. Oh my god. So after that, we go back into the, uh, Joan is back in the West Wing, the Veep's West Wing office. Yeah. She's uh, been told that they have to rewrite the song. Yes. And Amy suggests, like, why don't we make fun of uh, Kent? Yeah. Why don't we make fun of Kent? Yeah. Like, we'll make fun of ourselves. Yeah. Uh, that, which was his suggestion. So Amy doing her job well in this episode, I must say. Okay. I guess, yeah. In this moment, I guess Very that would well. be a point. She's really good in, in this episode. Yes. Uh, also because Selena's receptive to it. She's got a tough position. Yes. Because sometimes Selena, being close to her is very challenging. It is, especially because Selena hates women. <laughs> that is something that comes up like much more blatantly later. I mean, but it is true. Like, and I think that became like a running joke much later on. Yeah. When everybody's just the worst person. But this is like the beginning of like Selena hates women. So like anything Amy says, it's yeah. just like, get the fuck out of here. And it's also the first time we hear, or the only time, Jolly Green Jizz face. Yeah, this is the introduction. So Jonah's hanging out. This nothing is the, to do. Yep. He, so he says, I came by to tell you that you're a meme, ma'am. Uh, uh, because her face or that that picture of her looking down at her yeah. phone. If you if you're not watching, if you're not watching the visual podcast on Spotify, video cast and radio cast. What do we call them? What do we call them? Video casts. Yeah, video cast. Video okay. cast. Right. If you're not watching the official second in command, uh, video cast. She has like sort of appearing down her nose at her yeah. phone that's being photoshopped into like the burning of Joan of Arc, uh, uh, like the sack of Atlanta, like the it's monsoon, just, the monsoons, like oh yeah, the typhoon, the typhoon, monsoon, typhoon, uh, tsunami. tsunami. Sorry, monsoon season tsunami is correct. Yeah. Um, uh, and so that is why Jonah is there. 
I can't remember where that thought started. Oh, but no. And she's Jolly so Green I, face. she's making, she's yelling at Dan, which I enjoy. And then when I laugh, she says, what are you laughing at Jolly Green face? And that is the, that, this episode introduces two of the things. Jonad. Jonad and Jolly Green face are introduced in the same episode. And those are like the lasting quick insults that people bring up when they want to think of one. Like, or if I get like yelled at on the street or whatever, it's usually that. And going macro, this is Jonah represents the internet generation for this episode, certainly. And we are like educating Selena on the power of the internet. You're telling her what a meme was. You tell her they can last for 48 hours generally, but they become a mega meme or whatever, which is still like, it's completely gone beyond that. Like it was early days for the internet ultimately is my point. And so it's very, it's in that context that this episode is, it all makes sense. It's like you teaching her about Tumblr and Reddit. It's still like if you tried to throw that Instagram pre yeah, pre Instagram, you would, if you tried to throw that into a show now, I, it wasn't like this was filmed that long ago, but if you've tried to throw that, throw that into a show now that like a politician didn't know what a meme was and didn't know what Reddit was, it would just, it would just truly be unrealistic. It would, you would pass off. But I mean, at the time, like we were still in the world where at the end of it, it was like, this is at the end of season at the end of season one, you're the press shop guy and you didn't have a Twitter account. So like, we're still kind of in that world where- Early smartphone days, probably, right? Yeah. Like just, people still have Blackberries. Yeah, people still using the old uh, school. So you guys decide, um, uh, oh yeah, so you're gonna, so you have to go switch it up and write a song about Kent. Mm-hmm. So this cuts to you and Dan in the conference room. Uh, you have decided- so Actually, is that the Roosevelt room? No, it's not. Okay, it's not. Okay, but it's in the West Wing. It's in the West Wing. Okay, got it. And I think it's just kind of like a nameless, uh, conference nameless room. conference room. Yeah. So Mike writing comedy for Selena is really fun. Like obviously, like he thinks he's really good at it. And Dan, for Dan, it's like slumming it. Like he has much more talent. Yes. And he's like, why the fuck are we wasting time? And he says, like, it's a terrible idea for a song because if 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 you're not on board for the first 50 ways, it's like, oh my fuck, we've got 49 other lyrics to listen to. Yeah, shit the bed. We got 49 more of these to go. Yeah. The, Which is a great observation. There was, so when this guy, that was a big weird Al Yankovic. He's, he called, yeah. Dan calls you shit Al Yanker shit. Big fan of Al. Big fan yeah. of Al. Weird Al Very nice man. I've never met him. He's a very nice guy and I've, very talented. I've only yeah. heard great things. Yeah, he's wonderful. I wrote like a I wrote like a thing like an open letter to Weirdo Yankovic after this to just be like just so you know like I yes I am a part of this television show that said shit Al Yanker shit but I need you to know how like what an influence you had on my life like that Good. was the first cassette I ever bought was Good. Weirdo Yankovic I knew every there was a kid named Chad Welton um, who we ended up playing basketball together in high school. He was like a big man who could shoot the three. He was like the pro, like he was like, you know, he would have made it, he, he, like his game is now prevalent. You know yeah. what I mean? Like big guy who can shoot. Uh, when we were in the fourth grade and he was in the third grade, he said he called him Weird Al Yanker Dick at mm-hmm. my elementary school. And I chased him. <gasps> it's the only fight I've ever been in. Wow. I was like, take it back. So I'm like very serious about not insulting. Well, it is funny because it, Mike gets to defend him, but I'm I'm the same way. I would defend Al. I think oh, he's a yeah. wonderfully talented, and his I've yet to see him live, but I hear his shows live 
are incredible. And I have memories. I worked on a psych ward for a couple of years right out of college. Uh-huh. And there was one kid who was so well-versed in El Yankovic, you would say, say, sing, eat it. And he would pop off, eat it. Like it was, he was like a 12 year old kid who had many issues going on, but he was such a super fan that he was quite entertaining. That's awesome. So this is when they see Jonah walking yes. by and they've, he's already provoked them with bragging about his parking. And Dan's like, let's follow him, which is very undan because he's usually very driven. So they follow him through the maze of the West Wing to yes. see what the hell he does for a living. And they discover everyone hates him. Everybody it's like, hates hey, Joe him. Nad. And, and then we hated him first. Related, related. You guys hated him first. This yeah, is like that's your indie cred. Yeah. Yeah. Because I turned people on to cool. hating Jonah. Uh, and then we get into, uh, then we get into, I think it's Amy talking to Selena about morale and saying, Sue's trying to get a job. And you oh. got to be nicer to Gary. Yeah. You might want to like set up a lunch or, I've, and she said, I've, I've never seen him eat or no. Yeah. I've never eaten with him. I've, I've never eaten, eaten with next him. to him. <laughs> yeah. I've never eaten with him. Like, okay. And then she goes out to Sue and she has a great moment with Sue about like, you know, we, That's a great, what would, is there anything that we can do to make your job here easier? And she's like more money. And she's like, I'm on it. That's I'm a on great, it. you know, efficient comedy yes. beat. Um, very Simon, perhaps very Simon. So when we get back to Jonah being followed all the way into this closet that he's been hanging out in, I think, I don't know if you can really see it, but he's like playing uh, like a 3DS. He's playing like a little handheld Nintendo that he's okay. hidden in there. And he's like made up like a chair of boxes. It's mm -hmm. almost like a big like recliner of boxes mm -hmm. that you can't really see, but that's like he has set up his own little chill office in there. And I just remember almost everything in this scene. I just tried to do an impression of Simon Blackwell explaining what jokes would be in this scene. So all this stuff about fat wrists yeah. and sugary and not sugary enough and Steve oh. being <laughs> like the trailing one, off on the delivery. Trailing off on all the delivery. I mean, this is all just very Simon. It's oh, that's really just me kind of doing a Simon impression. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Like this is such a like a quintessential Simon Blackwell scene. Making up an excuse for something that's yes. not great. Yes. What type of diabetes? And they do stay on what type? Yeah. What are some of the other symptoms? Yeah, two. That's ooh, that's a bad one. Yeah. And I remember you this was something that I always loved that you did is you have your face sort of pressed against yeah. the door frame. And yeah. I remember you just saying, like, I don't know. Or I, I want it to be different. Yeah. I want it to be different than something we've done before. Yeah. And Sometimes I, like I, I bristle at like talking, like I'm not a great hand actor. Like if you, if I had to do a monologue and make a sandwich in a play, I would need so much rehearsal. Yeah. 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 But so sometimes I'm very conscious of just being a talking head. So sometimes like that, I was probably just discovering a different way. So I personally could not feel like another talking head. Not that the scene required it or that the, right. the stuff on the page wasn't there. Just my own little like self-consciousness about I feel like a talking head. And I, I do kind of like it. It is a very, it's it not a choice that is like, it's not like the, like, oh, well, that's clearly the choice that you make from the Good. text. So you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's interesting. And hopefully not distracting. No, like, not distracting. Way that, like, 
And yeah. also, you were never really as on board with it as Dan was. So there's yeah. a casual, like, so while he's sort of on the attack, you kind of are a little bit more casual. You're enjoying it, but a little more casual about yeah, it. Yeah, he's sort of like sidecar to Dan. Yeah, Dan is on the on the lead on that. You're I right. think I saw a production of the, like The Merchant of Venice or something like that recently in Los Angeles. And there was one guy in it who was like, like you could just tell kind of like an elder statesman, Shakespearean trained actor. He's really good. Now, not, not that the other people on the show weren't good. They just weren't as experience with him and you could tell hand acting that he had a thing that he did which was just this but like when he when they were at his sides you know just kind of like rubbing his fingers together a little bit and and it was great i mean like it was like a great move you're like oh that guy knows what he's doing it's like it's not really a thing it just makes you then think you're doing something with your hands so you're not thinking about the fact that you aren't doing something with them but But as the show as the show went on, I noticed that every other character was doing it. Ah. And it was clear that all these young people had been like, oh shit, that guy's doing the right thing. He's rubbing his fingers together like that. You know, if you're if you're if you're watching if you're not watching the video cast, trademark <laughs> second in command, just kind of like rubbing it. It's almost like you're balling up a little piece of like a little booger. Well, I don't know. Keep it clean. Paste, Marvin. maybe paste that's paste, stuck on your finger. Some little uh like a like a little tiny thing of Play-Doh if you're Boat playing with children. varnish from down on the 95th Street dock. Yeah. You know, just peeling it off your finger. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And now it's time for some Vicpin Trivia. Let's, let's hear the buzzers. Well, I'm the boner one while she's the doorbell. Like All right, it. here's the first question. And we have to let the question finish, correct? Yeah. yeah That's what we, we like. Okay. Question finish. That's right. Kent Davidson inquires about Mike's sailboat. What kind of boat does Mike have? I mean, it's like, it's, I'm just going to say like the, I know like, it's like a sloop. I know it's not a sloop, but I just want to say that like, I've worked, I've worked. Well, I know it has sails, at least one Uh, sail. Like that's as good an answer as Tim's, right? Well, I said a specific boat. It's a sailboat. It's a sailboat. We know that. But I said a specific kind. So I feel like I should get a Uh, It's a Cuddy Sark. It's a... I don't know. It's an 87 Gulf Star 50. Do we know what Kent's boat is? Catamaran. All right. Do we know the specific? No. Okay. I'll give you that one. Wait. It is a catamaran. I said, I at least said something. What? Give us both a half a point. No, don't be bullied by him. (laughs) Don't be bullied by him. I'm giving Mike the point. All right. Well, can you at least add on to the scorecard that Amy did her job? really well yes. in this episode was. Amy was yeah. better than Mike at her job in this episode 100% I would like I would like the people that listen and I feel like we should get involved like in the reddit board a little bit I was thinking that like we'd, we'll do it and ask me anything at some point okay we got to get the people like on the reddit boards or whatever to keep track of like the Amy doing her job well and Mike doing your job well moments and oh. also just how many times we wear the same shirt in like a, in a video cast because I feel like I'm always and I always like the rotation is such that I'm like in the same shirt for a lot of the uh, tapings. The other thing I'd like to see is uh, how many times uh, Julia does a table swipe where she just swipes the table of everything yes. on it because that yeah, comes that, back I mean, a lot. That That's a solid a like physical gag. This one's a visual uh, question, so for you have to describe cast. it for the okay. non-video cast watchers. The video cast watchers. Jonah tells Selena that she's become a meme ma'am. Which two of these are not one of the Photoshopped images of her? 
Oh, does this Arvin, does this mean you did some photoshopping? I know. I do work, guys. All right. So one is the tsunami. Uh, the tsunami. Her crossing, crossing the Delaware. The Delaware. Declaration, Declaration of, Independence. of Independence. Iwo Jima. Iwo Jima. And Christ the on the cross. The Christ on the cross. That's Tim. The last two, Iwo Jima and Christ on the cross. That is incorrect. What Matt, the fuck? It no. goes over to you. Iwo Jima. Okay. And go back. Uh, I'm going to go Delaware. You're right. No. Yeah. Oh, Watch the show, Tim. Watch the show. Tim, earlier in the episode, you also said burning of Joan, uh, the Joan of Arc thing. That wasn't one of That's them. That's not one of them? That's not. I feel like that would have been pretty funny. Um, just as a, Arvin's I, I working told his this way show back to on uh, <laughs> Seth, my, do you know Seth Meyers from back in New York City? Mm-hmm. That's cool. We all have dentists. Well, I w- went on Seth Meyers' show one time and I told the story, but my grandfather was uh, fought in the Pacific Theater in World War II and he was at the, he was at Iwo Jima, like he was on a ship and missed the the raising of the flag at Iwo Jima because he had turned his head to light a cigarette. Oh, wow. And then when he turned back, the flag was on the hill or whatever. And he was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> you come from great stock. Yeah, from right. great... Uh, well, he was addicted to nicotine. I have sympathy was. for people who struggle with addiction. <clears throat> Man, I went out last night with a friend. Bunch of Baltimore uh, cigarettes just last night, man. Woke up this morning. I, I chew tobacco. That's the worst. I got feeling on that bad yeah, today. Yeah. It's not good. All right, here we go. This one's a multiple choice. During his beatboxing performance, mm-hmm. Governor Danny Chung wears a hat. Mm-hmm. What does the hat say? A. Oh. Well, go ahead, it doesn't sir. have to be a multiple no, choice. No, go ahead. All right. A. Navy. B. American. C. Chung Mania. Or D. Marines. That's Matt. D. Marines, that's correct. Tim, you got to play a little... You're just uh, in the fucking tank for Walsh. <laughs> He's working his way back to being my producer. I'm I don't know being, about your uh, You're going to need to have your own producer. <laughs> I'm being Kevin Dunn whenever he's watching a, a Chicago Bears game and every call that goes against fucking, the Bears, he's like, these fucking Bears, that's Vegas. They fucking hate the Bears. I hope you get this next one. Okay. I'm oh, rooting for oh you. thanks. Yeah, that's a very <laughs> fucking sincere Arvin. I really I'm appreciate it. I'm rooting for you, man. Thank you. Okay, here we go. Gary's girlfriend Dana has a business importing what kind of cheese and what word does she use to describe it? I think that was Matt. Oh god damn it. I'm sorry. Pecorino duskiness. Oh. That's yeah. an easy one. You got By the it. way, the duskiness or the pecorino it's just like a perfect specific, much in the same way that Mike having a boat is a perfect specific. The way they create yeah. hobbies or businesses, the writers, I just think it's really good that it's Pecorino and it's really good that it was a boat. I just want to say that. It's I, like saw a very somebody, I saw somebody tweet this. And I can't remember who it was. I, so at some point, please remind me and I'll like give them credit on like the next episode or whatever. But they were talking about succession, and I think it applies to our show too, which makes sense because we have a lot of writer crossover. They were basically like, the plot of succession is wild because every episode is about like the like generational trauma and how it has affected 
from a father to his children. And also, Tom has a pot of spaghetti that he doesn't know where to put down. (laughs) That is is the perfect summation of Succession, which is an amazing show, but also applies so much to our show, which is sometimes the vice president wants to have a greater a part in international relations and also Jonah has an office in a closet and yep. they and he wants to play video games in there. Yeah. Anyway, last question Tim, last chance. Oh fuck you. Last chance. What's the score? Do you really want to know? 4 to 1? Yeah, 4 to 0. Let's make it worth 4 points. Ooh. All right. Let's four make points. it interesting. It is a, it is the hardest question. Here we oh, go. Okay. What dish does Gary order at lunch with Selena? Four points. Ooh, Matt. Zucchini and cauliflower. Or calamari. Excuse me, I meant to say calamari. Yeah. yeah calamari and yeah, zucchini. Yeah. Oof. That's that's rough. <laughs> we'll just talk about like what recurring bits we have coming back. Like on, on episode so episode. So that's an eight like, to nothing so drubbing. Eight to nothing drubbing. I feel like DeRozan on the fucking bowls. Just lighting it up. All right. One thing that she says, which is we talk about how Veep is prophetic. She says, I could shoot him in the face. And that made me think of what Trump said. Like, I could shoot someone in the face and get away with it. She says that yeah. about Gary. Yeah, I could I That's could not shoot being him in prophetic. the face. Yeah. I've actually thought about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and I could get away with it. That's an accidental, like, Veep being in sync with reality. Uh, Jonah chastises you guys for criticizing him for having nothing to do, but you followed me around. This was an addition of mine that doesn't really make sense because I say Nancy Drew and, and his, his shit. and his butt sniffing dog. Yeah. <laughs> Which it doesn't really make sense. I don't know if Nancy Drew had a dog, but I do like the fact that it made it in. Good. Yeah. I don't know. It I mean, worked. Like, it didn't uh it's good. It I, doesn't I thought it was funny. I feel like uh, Arvin, I feel like he's just he said it was good, you know. <laughs> no, I, I, I watched I that know. as an actor. I'm like, I think I was Nancy Drew and Dan was the butt sniffing dog. So I was like, good. At least I'm not the butt sniffing dog. So that's how no, I watched were, that moment. Yeah, like you are. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? We all watch things from our own perspective. So that's well, true. good. At least Dan's the lower guy. In yeah, that analogy. Dan's, I'm not the fucking butt sniffing dog. So I'm then just, we get to the, yeah. uh, she invites Gary to have lunch and they do that singing thing, which is so fun, which I'd like to believe they came up with in rehearsal. So they're in yes. the limo to the Vic Taylor thing. I want to have Mo. I mean, now check the restaurant to yeah, make it happen. Yeah. Well, I was serious. I'm and serious. Check the menu to, yeah. So funny. And that has got, that so has to funny. be a Gary, uh, uh, sorry, a, a Tony Hale. Uh, that has to be a Tony Hale, like codependency. Like any moment in the show yeah. where it's just a character being fully codependent, that's just what Tony Hale brings right. to She's the table. singing, I'm going to start singing. I'm going to start singing. Yeah. Whatever it takes to make her comfortable. Yeah. And he asks if Dana can come along, and she kind of bristles at that. And and Amy gives her the probably like, good idea. Uh, probably a good idea, so she agrees. Uh, at the Vic Allen dinner. We get some Danny Chung time, and one of the things I noticed about Danny Chung is he has a giant Marine button on his lapel. Like, yes. It couldn't be any bigger. Yes. It's so funny. Like Some people wear the giant American flags. Chung wants you, remind, to, wants you all to remember he was a Marine. It's so perfect. Yes. And then, so they're even having like this sort of like the subtext of the, like, I'm going to be the next president. Yeah. No, I'm going to be the, like, when he's saying like, you know, she's talking about her enhanced foreign policy role. And he's like, you know, as long as 
as long as uh, guys like me don't aren't put in harm's way referring, you know, <laughs> yeah. like I fought and died in a way that you have, or I fought for the country in a way that you haven't. Or lose a limb. Or he lose says a that limb. At the end. Uh, yeah. Then, oh, we also, for the first time, meet David Rashi, who plays yes. Jim Marwood, Speaker of the House Jim He's Marwood. Such a, he has such a great, absurdist, almost like Groucho Marx delivery. Like yes. he can say, like, he can do 180s in the middle of any sentence with such adeptness and like poetic fluidity. And he's he, really good at that. And he has, he also has a, a, a very odd stature as a person. Mm -hmm. Just you, you believe 100% like he's on succession as well. Yeah. You just believe 100% that he could be a Fortune 500 corporate yeah. lawyer. Like, of course he is. You just yeah. immediately trust that ever he knows what he's talking about. But he is such a weirdly funny person. Yeah. And Jim Marwood, I think they really did lean into this, this sort of like wisecracking, ha, 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 awkward speaker. He's great. Yeah. Uh, he makes a bunch of awkward jokes in this thing. Uh, like Promises, our, uh, they promise not to be mean to each other with mm -hmm. their comedy. And then we get to the comedy. And the, oh, the, uh, doesn't he say something like, or, am I getting older or are you getting younger? And she's like, we're both getting older. I think Amy like, says that. Yeah. Or we're both getting older. Or we're both getting older. Well, that is the third option. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we get to the um, the actual event. and The actual event. We have Randall... Chung, I believe this is a Randall Chung rehearsal invention of mm -hmm. them being like, what can you do? And he's like, well, I can beatbox like a little. I believe that this was not scripted. Uh, and we can double check on this, but I believe this was, uh, I believe this was Randall Park being like, I can beatbox and they just rolled with it. Yeah. Because I mean, it's like, so great. Me, he, me, me, Minnesota, me, 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 <laughs> Minnesota in the house. Let, 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 let the ladies and gentlemen, like, <laughs> And he turns his hat. He turns as he does like the dumb little robot yep. thing. Yep. Uh, uh, and off to the side, Selena and Gary are talking about like, just trying like, you know, try like passing him off. And she's saying like, you know, that guy was really badly burned when he finally got him out of the tank. He had a face like a Christmas ham. Yeah. You save. Gary says, you, you save, save four people. <laughs> yeah. He's just spitting into a microphone. So... And then, uh, and then uh, Marwood's joke is basically, we got to give a round of applause for those uh, for those four boys that she saved who she got out of held against way. their will. Yeah. And then he says something like, uh, all she really had to do was open the door to her bedroom yeah. or let them out of her bedroom. And then she says, he says a comment about looking down her nose. Yeah, like yeah. looking looking down her nose at him. Like, then he does, again, if you're not watching the video cast, he does the look yeah. that she's doing. Oh, that, that scene starts with, I had a note about this, a classic thing from, or at least, I don't know, classic. I don't know if it's classic. I really Classic like to Veep or classic? Classic generally, or something that I feel like always works. Go ahead. You start a scene with a punchline of a joke that you yes. haven't heard the setup of, and yes. no matter what, it's funny. So he has this thing about like, was that a prostitute or an eagle? And it's like, I don't know. The Fox News crew is the only one that came to pick me up. Like, it's or ask for directions. Ask for directions. Like, yes. it's just immediately funny. That's always going to work, especially with someone like that, because he can deliver it like it was funny. Funny. Yes. And so, yeah. When this is much later on, I think season four, season four, when Hugh Laurie came in, there's a scene with Sam and I and Hugh Laurie in a limo. And 
that was something Hugh Laurie that had to start with all of us laughing or him telling a joke. And he was just like, I'm just going to say something, but, and it's going to end with the number seven. And mm-hmm. every time I say that, that's, that's the punchline of the joke. And he would just be like, you know, and so of course I looked at the guy and I was like, no, that's the number seven. <laughs> and every time Sam and I laughed, it just works every time. So, uh, so Mark. Also, the yeah. end of the table conversation where Sue says Amy's eating too much. She's yes. stress eating. She's basically saying she's fat. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? There's a nice. That's like there. a nice office policy. Office, an, yeah, people. Uh, yeah, office. Like uh, that's a nice like office comedy moment. There's yeah. even a pullout. Like Sue says it, and it pulls out, and you see Dan does not care, but Mike is incredibly uncomfortable yeah. with what's happening. And by the way. I also thought that those people at that event being on their phones was aping a very DC mannerism, but in reality, it's commonplace now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But back in the day when we were first doing these early seasons, it was always encouraged, like, these people are never not on their phone. Yeah. And I remember looking at that, and back then it was like, oh, that's sort of not rude, but seems out of place at an Mm -hmm. event like that. But it's ubiquitous now. Yeah, absolutely. So it's sort of tying in with that sort of internet thing that Jonah's teaching Selena of like where we were as a country or as a world. So she gets up and I admire Julia for doing this because recently I had to do a thing where I had to sing like two lines of a song and I'm not a singer. Yeah. And I, and I, I mean like, I just hate it. I hate, it's just like I'm immediately, even if I'm not having to sing well, I get so self-conscious about it. By the way, I was going to say a similar thing, which is that in an episode where I had to sing something like that, mm-hmm. all I could think about, whatever this three days of shooting would be, would be that damn song. I would yep. be so stressed out by it because it's such heavy lifting for me as well. Yep. It makes me self-conscious. It's, what, it's, it's a huge challenge. But then she is, has to do every other scene that's huge as well. Like It's just amazing. Like yes. I admire her ability to juggle so many huge scenes in any given episode, particularly when we're... To me, I'd be like, if I just hit that, I would probably phone in everything else. (laughs) (laughs) Not really, but I would just be so relieved. I wouldn't be paying attention to all these other scenes. Anyways, it's it's admiration. It's like truly like she's that good. She's so gifted and uh, talent, multi-talented. And even just beyond the ability to like make herself look look kind of look bad look kind of foolish mm-hmm. on the day in front of a giant ballroom full of people mm-hmm. uh they were playing live too i think the band they were. was actually the band was playing it. live yeah. like she was she was Wasn't, and i i love that the band is kind of slightly out of tune yeah and i love that she is also good enough at it to sing poorly she's not like trying to do a thing where like all of a sudden she can sing really well she like is savvy enough to be like it's gonna look better if i'm really not great at this yeah well she sells it in a way that she i sells thought it, it comes over well for that room you're right like it for that room well you don't have to be room. virtuoso and she throws chung a little beatbox yes ro- robot dancing but it would be weird if like the self-consciousness of being a like if all of a sudden she just kind of busted out and was like oh she's like actually like a really good singer and has like a broadway belt and it's just like oh i'm just watching an actress perform a song really well you'd be like i don't buy that yeah she she does really well for a vice president at an unnamed or it would be like oh you went to the writers because you know you can sing and you had them write you a song so yes. you could show off your opera voice yes which is doesn't bode well for a comedy no but the other thing i want to point out in the world of like just delivering the 
last part of a joke always works. I also feel like when Mike gives her a joke last minute, because Marwood took the gloves off and poked at her, and Mike has a joke about put that speaker on mute, Mike is the only one laughing at a joke. That always works as well. <laughs> and you can see Dan Reed Scott next to Mike, who laughed every time. When we were doing it, he always would break, because it is so funny in a room where a joke falls flat like a fart basically yeah and there's one dummy who wrote it laughing <laughs> that's always gonna work like that's I, comedy 101 right there especially if it is the person who wrote it yeah. like it has and yeah. like and that happens i think in the pilot what's the joke in the pilot that you're like ah. yeah like, i can't remember um or anyways do our work for us. Uh, so the next, mo- oh, uh, 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 there's a little sidebar where Jonah's, Jonah, this is a moment where you oh. see like Kent really has the juice, Jonah's sidling up to him. Why is Jonah, I know Jonah is West Wing, his job is the West Wing, but why is Jonah there with Kent? Do you know why? I think that- Or he, what do you think? I, I think that uh, he has ingre- ingratiated himself with Kent. Like he, I don't think Kent really asked him to be there. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, Jonah has just kind of noticed that everybody, all like Kent has all the juice. So he has just shown up and is like, I'll get those folders for you. What do you need, sir? Your jokes are funny. Okay. Uh, everything you do is great. I'm right here. What do you need? So I feel like he has just placed himself there. Okay. And Kent is like, oh, like I need you to come to the. Vic Allen dinner. Today. Or he just acted like he was supposed to be there. And next yes. thing you know, he was he had a seat at the table. Yes. It's a free meal. A hundred percent. Because it is like funny just to see him sitting next to Kent, who probably doesn't really like Jonah or many other people. Doesn't even, but probably doesn't even think about if it. Yeah. he was his invite. Yes. You know what I mean? His plus one. That's yeah. what's funny. That's why I ask you. Uh, the, the, the song kills. Everybody yep. is a buzz the next morning in the office. They can't believe everybody thinks it was great. Real big bump for her. Yep. Kent uh, comes in on a high. Kent comes in on a high. Uh, Jonah, I was. I'm very happy about this. I just love this. Is, like everyone's, you you rarely get to see Jonah sort of just uh, like non, like unironically enjoying something and also being a part of the group. Mm-hmm. And this is a moment where he is, and I, they are not upset that he also liked the song. He is a one high, I believe, one hundred percent honest when he says, "I really enjoyed the song." Yeah, and I had to pretend to not like it because Kent didn't like it, but I actually really liked it. Like I do think that he means that. And usually, this is the kind of thing that you guys would all be like, "Fuck off, Jonah!" Like nobody cares if you liked it or not. But this is like one little moment where mm-hmm. he means it. And you guys like let him be in on the celebration. Yeah, it was happiness. And it's a much longer thing because you said, I I liked it, even though Kent didn't like it. But he said, I had to pretend I like it. So I did pretend to I like it, but not the way Kent pretended yeah. to like it. Like it's a very and big I chunk. I really did like it. I mean, like, and I that's a nice chunk just... you delivered there. Yeah, that's really good. So Kent comes in to say, I need somebody for my dream matrix. Of course, she believes it's going to be Dan. And then it turns out to be Mike. Uh, Dan sort of begs and grovels for it. I don't think... I feel like Dan makes reference to something here where he says, I feel like I got a big bounce coming on. Yeah. And I don't know if... I think that in earlier drafts or in a scene that was shot earlier, like the one where you and 
Kent connect about sailboats. There was a, Kent directly said to Dan, like, Mr. Egan, you have reached the height of your bounds. Hmm. So he actually had said that to Dan. Oh, okay. Like he has done the calculations on him and says, you have reached the height of your bounce. This is where, it, this is the top that you're getting to. I have already figured that out. And so that's why he says like, I feel a big bounce coming on. That is him directly going after that. Oh, okay. That's what that's in reference to. Yeah, so oh, that's what that's right. But it, it never made the episode. So it is sort of like a weird throw in there. But so he asks for Mike, but you hate numbers. And you, uh, there's a great moment where you are like grabbing on to Selena's please. hand saying, please don't. And she's like, stop touching. Me. Mike becomes childlike around Kent or the fear of Kent because I feel like he's, he'll be found out. Like he's not yes. really that good at sailing. He's not that good at numbers. It's like the perfect scenario that Mike would dread. And also the line where someone says to Jonah, you're obsolete, like an old VCR with a bigger mouth. But yeah. with a bigger mouth. I think <laughs> yeah. Dan says that to you. So there is, uh, oh, so there's some horse trading here. And she's like, no, you can't have my director of communications. So uh, he goes to her to say there are these uh, debt ceiling talks are kind of stalling. Uh, we need you to go over to Europe to join these big, I can't actually. Helsinki. That's right. The, the Helsinki Accords or Agreement. Accords Helsinki or Agreement. Agreement. So it could, it's either going to be the secretary of state or you. So what do you think? And she's like, all right, well, okay. So if I give him Mike, then I'm going to be able yeah. to go. So she gives you of up. Course. She throws, she, of course, she throws you under the bus on that. Um, uh, oh, this is, again, this is something that I brought up in the Julia interview. The fact that we get such a credit for, uh, for subtlety. But again, she says, as long as you don't use my bathroom on Air Force Two, <laughs> And this was a joke that I feel like Addison, we went so hard on this joke and yeah. Addison fucking hated us yeah. for going so hard on this joke. But this idea that Jonah had no idea there was another bathroom, right. he just honestly had been shitting in her Air Force Two bathroom every time. And we milked the, Julie and I milked the shit out of that joke. And Chris was like, it is killing the scene. It is dragging every takedown please move on and oh my we God. wouldn't do it. And it is so sophomoric yeah, and adds nothing. But I love that just the mention, like the off-camera mention that Joan is like, there's another there's bathroom. Another bathroom it Air Force made two. it in there. Yeah. But like somehow we broke into Chris Addison's cold gray Grinch heart and got that one <laughs> little bit in there. Well, they're benevolent dictators, these British writers and directors. They're kind-hearted. Here's a note. Oh, um, oh, this also means that Joan is going to Europe for on this Helsinki trip. And this is also where Gary says, like, well, maybe we can push the dinner to a lunch because Selena's trying to get out of the dinner. And there's a great repetition joke. Yeah. That's the note that I was going to say. Yeah. Like, I couldn't remember what this is reference to. There's a great repetition joke. Yeah. Which is? Oh, he the Dinner? The lunch? Yeah. The lunch? Yeah. And, yeah. She's like, we can move it to lunch. And she's like, could we? Like, And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. He's like willing her to say yeah. 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 That's great. And so then they go to, they go to this lunch the, yeah. with Dana, the girlfriend. And this is the longest we've seen her, right? This is... We yeah, we saw her on a porch where she was getting the lipstick. Yep. Amy picked it up and... Uh, being, Dana was like, I know you're after Gary and you're probably jealous that I got him. Yeah. Any woman that meets him and... So funny. 
And like one thing I love about Sinclair is like the brassiness. Yes. Again, it's like that sort of fearless, like she comes across, she is just like a bull in a china shop. Mm -hmm. Like Dana. Like yeah. there is nothing real likable. What's her catchphrase? You know it. You know I'm right. You know I'm right. You know I'm right. <laughs> Is her catchphrase. Uh, she has a casual distrust of Sicilians. Yeah. She's like, you know, if I ordered from a Sicilian manufacturer, which I never would. Yeah. It's just like this sort of casual distrust of Sicilians that she just assumes you're going to be on board for. Yeah. Dana is, in Selena's defense, a pretty horrible person. Yeah. But also Selena hates women. <laughs> yeah. But she comes out to meet someone like that. And just have them come at you like 100 miles an hour like Dana does is really funny. And St. Clair is so funny. I've known her forever and ever. And she's always been the best. I so. mean, she kind of, like everything that she, one of, you know, one of the, I once played, I played a, a, the character's name was Tall Guy. Uh -huh. In between seasons one and season two, I played a character named Tall Guy. Playing house? Uh, on playing, no, BFFs. 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 Yeah. So that was when, when, when BFFs was on, which was a show uh, real life BFFs, uh, Lennon Parham, yeah, and who ultimately comes on our show as well, yeah. Uh, and Jessica St. Clair, they had two shows together, BFFs and Playing House. I played a character named Tall Guy, uh, who I think has a glandular problem, <laughs> and it was directed by uh, it was directed by um, guy from the Wonder Years. Oh, Fred Couples, no, that's a golfer, Fred Savage. Savage. He was directed yeah. by Fred Savage, Fred Savage. Um, that was worth waiting for. Wow, great story. <laughs> also, I went to the Aspen Comedy Festival the same year uh, Jessica went with uh, Jason Manzoukas. So I've known her back in the day in New York. We yeah. were like theater rats together. Yeah. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, we all have cool friends, Walsh. We all have cool friends. I just want to share my crossing of paths with uh -huh. Jessica. With, yeah, why that's is that, great. Why do you feel... Why diminish know. that we, observation? We you just told a story about your BFF cameo as tall guy with a glandular problem. I mean, I'm just saying. Why would like, you dismiss my contribution? I'm just saying we all have dentists. Um, oh my gosh. So she gets him a new Leviathan. She yep. gets him a new Leviathan, which of course Gary pretends to like. This is a one moment that like, you know, I have a brassy girlfriend. She's like, wait, but, I mean, like, is the layout the same? Like, are you, are you like, you just, you spent a lot of time memorizing it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, uh, they oh, and a, Garrett, the way Tony says it, it's so funny. A Leviathan. A Leviathan. <laughs> it's so funny. He's and he does like the codependent singing. I love my new bag that yeah. he had done earlier. I love my new bag. Like, um, and then um, on the way out of this scene, something of course goes wrong. Uh, oh, she gets the a photo call. or the song is getting pushed back from our European allies. Yes. And she's heading to Europe, which obviously nowadays that's not a real story anymore. That's like not the anything. fact that you said yeah. go suck at France in a comedy yeah. song at a comedy event. Yes. But back then it was a real thing that you would have to like tend to and you would have to make nice with those people. Yeah. Or or or, or a politician would have the ability to feel shame or embarrassment. Yeah, or that. <laughs> that is like a prerequisite of that moment in this show working, which doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a great moment on there. There's like a, just a great Julia moment on the way out where she's like, or I don't know, you're going to have that bag forever. So what the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah. it's just like, I don't even know what the joke is. It's almost like, <laughs> to me, it's like saying, well, at least the lunch was worth something. 
I gave you something, yeah, I gave you something that you're gonna have forever. Would you just shut it? So okay, what, should we go? So we should go. We, we should, should go. go. So what the fuck? Just like so dismissive of the like. I wished I had never done this. So then we see Mike uh, stumbling through Kent's dream mm-hmm. metric, and for some reason, Kent wants him to expand. That's why Mike fears Kent because he puts him in the spotlight to seemingly have expertise about boats or numbers, which are things he has no knowledge of, really. And this is like another like he's start- like baby like he's like almost baby-like around Kent. Like starting a scene with like just the punchline of a joke. Like this is another thing that always works. And like you could just lift this out to any other like low stakes office comedy and put it in. Like here, give speech about printers. And like, you know, okay, here we're like, this is the new printer. Mike, can you explain it? And then you just like, you know, the camera goes over to you and you know nothing about printers. You know what I mean? It's just like a great moment. And especially, but like with the reverence that he's speaking about it, like these voters are going to know how, like we will know how they will vote before they do. Yeah. Mike. (laughs) And you're supposed to explain the technology behind it. Yeah. That is a classic. Yeah. That's a great moment. So from there. uh, They get on the plane, I believe. uh, There's a really nice, like, I don't know if we've talked about zhuzhiness yet. Yeah, but I don't know if we've talked about it, but the zhuzhiness, that's the whatever, that's whatever, that's what Julia would describe to like zhuzh it up of just make it a little messier, make it, make the scene a little less cleaner, talk a little less clean, talk over one another. Yeah. There's a real zhuzhi moment in this scene where they, where Dan and Amy call and she starts saying, he starts reading the thing uh, of like, uh, you know, Europeans are upset. And, and then Amy's like, I'm going to put you on speaker and puts on the speaker. And he's like, okay. And he starts reading it again. Europeans are upset that whatever. That's just like a nice zhuzhi moment how, of how that would go. Yeah. And, but in, a, in most television shows, they would not take the time to do that. And it was right. something that, that that is, I feel like that's, if we ever talk about zhuzhiness, that's what we're talking about. It's that sort of messiness of, of regular, of just conversational, uh, conversational scenes rather than it just going, uh, ma'am, the blogs are going well, crazy. And then. And it's the goal always seemingly is to remove what would seem like actors delivering clean lines, like yes. overlapping, yeah. rewinding and starting over about something you did. Yes. It's grounding in reality because reality is not that clean. It's not like you say yours, I say mine. Yeah. It's to messy it all up and have it be living in a realistic way. And I think like that that was a good example of what uh, I think maybe like a good example of zhuzhiness and that's like it's not really a joke. It just feels lived in. Yeah. So it's like that zhuzhiness is not necessarily to like find uh, timing or moments or jokes or bits. No. It was just to make it feel lived in and conversational. I feel yes. like that's a good example of yes. that is what they found there. Yes. Uh, so from there... Um, are we on the plane? Yeah, we are on the plane. It's going terribly. Uh, Dan mentions that uh, Dan mentions that it just it was on Reddit and Tumblr, and it just took off from there. And she's like, "I recognize those words." Looks over at Jonah. Why and was he reading an automobile magazine? I think that's just what hand. That's just what props handed me. And I because he just got a new lease on a thing. He just leased a new uh, Nissan Cube and, or whatever. A what new a, Nissan Cube. I think whatever, that Cube. there was the idea that he had bought. He had, it was like on the cover. The cover maybe was a little bit more Jonah. I think it was like he had bought like a a, a magazine with like a Lamborghini on the cover, mm-hmm. like a 
like a European sports car magazine mm -hmm. in the airport, you know, Hudson News or whatever. And that's mm -hmm. what he would buy, I think, was the idea behind that. Okay. So it was more about like those sort of aspirational European uh, supercars. Okay. But he is really upset because he knows that he knows that he's the one that caused it, that this backlash, he's the one that caused it by putting it out on Reddit and Tumblr yeah. started getting traction. Um, but he is honest. He's like, I just loved it. I just really liked it. And I thought everybody else would like it. And Julia has a great um, moment of, of screaming or just very quietly saying, get off the plane. And like, even everybody on your staff is like, what? <laughs> like, we're taxiing? Yeah. <laughs> like, get off the plane. And stop the engines. Stop the engines. And then she tries to get up and she has to unbuckle. She, the moment, I remember that being a big moment of... She just, she needed something to hold her back right away. Like, cause like, I think at one point it was done where she just came right over to me and she's like, it just needs to take more time before I get in his face. Like I can't be, or like, I wouldn't even, I would, I would get straight to, I would only like, I, I like, we need to get this other stuff in. Yeah. And I wouldn't deal with it unless there was something getting in the way. Yeah. And then like they reach over and start like helping her unbuckle the seatbelt. Like all that business, I think came from Julia just being like, I'm if, I, if he's there, I'm just going to rip his head open. So let's figure out a way to keep me here for a second. And that's where all that physical business came from. Mm -hmm. um, my bag is still in the hold. Uh, I just can't, you, no, not the park. Don't take away the parking. And she's like, yes, the parking. Wait, you have, you have parking? parking? Not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. Which is a nice button to that little That heart. I think was Dan, that was just Reed throwing it in. Yeah. That was Reed throwing it in and was a bit that made me break a lot. I, I had a him hard time. Him saying not anymore? Him saying not anymore. Um, and so then, uh, so I get kicked off the plane. You got to see me forlornly walking. Yeah. Uh, they say we should put him on suicide watch just to make sure he'll go through with it. Which is a Gary line, which is meaner than Gary normally is. Yes. He's like, he's laughing that he might kill himself. Mm -hmm. Like, because I think you were getting too close to Selena probably. But it's a little meaner than Gary's been. And there's some, yeah. But again, they're finding solace like, Gary and Dan bonding over hating a third person. Yes. You know what I mean? Like that's that's bringing the snake them together. Pit. That's like people in the snake pit. If we have a common enemy, we're going to get along. I uh, there is uh, an all time favorite Mike moment for me, where Kent calls you into your office or into his office, and you leave and you come back a second later and get a pen and just hold it up and show it to somebody in the office and say pen. Like it just like it's so. He's trying to prove he belongs there, yes. that he's doing work. And then he goes back to get paper. Paper. <laughs> it's just, but I mean, like, that was one of those ones that I feel like I was, I feel like I was there that day uh -huh. uh, watching that get filmed. Oh. And just every time you went in and were like, pen, I mean, like, just absolute fucking because I, I remember it Addison was probably like go back and get something like yeah because he probably knew it was gonna be part of the credit roll yeah so it's just like figure figure out what mike would do those are fun moments to fill so then we've got uh uh jonah on the tarmac, jonah on the tarmac trying to see if he can uh return his uh nissan cube lease yeah i feel like i went i 
I don't know if I I had leased a car by this point, and I feel like maybe I went with the idea that it was a two year lease because that would be more expensive mm-hmm. for two years. Like mm-hmm. you're not like they so like that would somehow be worse than a three year lease. I don't know. I can't remember the decision on a two year lease because that doesn't seem like something they actually do. Right. So he's trying to give it back. They say no. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh, that and the Nissan Cube is again another thing that like a joke that is kept alive for years and years and <laughs> yeah, years. Is it? Well, uh, it's funny too the way they shot or the way they let you. There's a pause waiting for your response, and then you say no just before you leave frame. That's, <laughs> a, that's such yeah. a great shot that they. <laughs> uh, and that's and that's how. And it then ends. it's on Tumblr. Then you see her finale song on Tumblr. Yes, which... sitting on a staged uh, desktop monitor as uh, the office staff run. I'm assuming that's in the that's Dream in Matrix, the Dream bullpen, Matrix. Bullpen. Here's one thing. I always thought that final bit, like the final little bit was her having to take an extra, like stay out of, D- get out of DC, having to take a breath and then continue the E vowel sound from the, the, the DC. Oh. But it's actually, I, we, 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 I was watching it with uh, closed captioning on and it's get out of DC, Steve. Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> I don't know if that's interesting. I just spent all these years being like, that's such a strange way to go out on the episode. This weird, like sort of hitched breath song line. Well, it's coupled with, she sells it well, but the reality is like, did she really do 50? Because that Dan was right. If you're literally riding out someone doing 50 ways, then... I think that's in, does the song 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover actually have 50 ways? No. No. All right. Um, Any walkbacks? Is that where we are? I think we're at walkbacks. We're at double downs. I'll try to be uh, more... I'll walk back my dismissiveness of your emotional state. I'll try to be more conscious of uh, perhaps what I say being too blunt and affecting you emotionally. Because we live in LA. We're not in the Midwest or the East Coast anymore. So I need to adapt. Yeah. I need to adapt. Um, Okay. Well, here's one fact check. The first episode where Mike is the only one that laughs... It's, I've stepped into the president's shoes. Who knew he wore kitten heels? Yes, Who thank knew you. he wore kitten heels? Boom, at least I got one. There you go. That is right. The kitten right on guy. time, Arvin. <laughs> right on time. Redeemed. I don't even know what a kitten Basically during is. the credit rollout system. You got, can you play our credits song and then put <laughs> this, this underneath it? I will. On the actual podcast? Oh my God, I fucking found it. Shame oh on God, you, Arvin. Arvin, you piece of shit. Shame on you. Shame on you. How did you find it? What did you type? I, what did I search? I searched New York Roast of Politicians. What's what? it called? Alfred E. Smith Memorial Foundation Dinner. Oh, commonly God. known as the Al Smith Dinner. It's an annual white tie in New York's... Oh my God. It's even you on Wikipedia. Ben. You kept saying Ben. I typed in Ben. Okay, well, but your job, after Ben, your job I said to- Roast. Uh, your job is to understand it's for Catholic the, charities. the spirit of what we're saying. Uh, not at the Waldorf Astoria. You know what? At the beginning of the next episode that we do, we're going to talk about some maybe some some, uh, some just, Al just, Smith highlights of the just past. So you know, George Bush, Dukakis, Gore, McCain, Obama, Hillary, Trump, even Biden have all given comedic speeches as, at this event. <laughs> How do you miss that on Google? Oh my God! It seems like a stop on the campaign trail. Like Arvin was probably like typing it in. Now. He was typing it in, and then just going right to the second page. He's like, "I'm just going to see what the second page of Google says about that." You know, Matt. It's really I just wanted to give you the moment. 
Like, look at the moment you're having. Oh, my God. You did, oh didn't God. you? You had a master plan. This has been fun, man. It's been good to be back in studio. I think I might be remote next time. I'm not sure. Okay. But I really enjoy, like, it's nice seeing your face close up. I feel like it all just goes better. I feel like just everything. 100%. 100%. 100%. It's not We're a, finding our rhythm for the remotes, too. Like, it's all learning. It's like a process. Yeah. And I think this was a good show. Uh, we still can always do more research. Like you said, we yeah. should probably have some answers to all these questions we know we're going to ask each other. Um, but I also, I'm excited for guests. Yeah, I feel like not let's that go, you're not enough or I'm not enough. This was a great episode, 100%. Mm -hmm. But I do feel like... Cold comfort after the little no, backhand. No, it's, no, it's mostly... No, okay. you no, said, no. Yeah, you said you were going to, but it's okay. It's mostly because we're unreliable narrators. Like, okay. you're going to oh, say okay. something. Right. You're going to say something. I'm like, oh yeah, that's probably right. But like, I like having whoever, someone come in and go, actually, guys, you know what happened? And I'm like, thank you. Yeah. That's why I like having guests. Is you it trust those other people more than me, though? Well, um, they have a different perspective. I might book a couples therapist for you guys as one of the guests. That might be fun. That might actually be really fun. Yeah. A writer's therapist. Hey, uh, all you second in commanders, we love hearing your questions. Please submit more of your questions and even potentially a new byline for the show instead of lowest rung. Highest ladder, whatever that means. Or a reworking. A reworking, sure. Doesn't have to be a page one rewrite, but send all those ideas to castmedia.com slash second in command. And that's cast with a K. Uh, tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. Listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. Watch us on Spotify as well as YouTube. The video cast. That's right. You'll get um, in on the action on both of those. You'll see visuals. And as always, follow, rate, review, and leave five stars. Thanks for listening. Peace. And watching. Oh, Peace. and watching. Thanks for watching Second in Command of Veep Rewatch. Yeah. Please hit the subscribe button and tune in every Tuesday when the new ones drop. Rewatch the show for exclusive behind-the-scenes stuff, info, insight, and more. Episodes coming, and thanks for watching. Yeah, hit that uh, subscribe button. This is the mouse arrow, right? That's what you're representing? It's a cursor? Put it, do a little circle with your finger and it'll, it'll like be bigger so you can see where it is. Oh, okay.